Welcome to Business Talk Sister Grok. I'm Becca. And I'm Ruthie. And today's episode title is How to Start a Catering Bakery Business. And with us today, we have a guest from uh, the California area who now she's telling me that they're getting a little bit of rain today. So that's exciting. Um, Jamie Harnage, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah. We're so excited about a, a lot of the things that um, you do, because even just talking with you beforehand about the different challenges that you've like had to navigate with starting this kind of business is pretty, pretty exciting. So can you tell us first, what do you do? So I am in the culinary industry. Um, I do events and I cater desserts and food. Um, everybody has to eat. <laughs> yeah. And tell us what your business name is. It's Sugar Brown Pastries and Catering. And um, initially I started with desserts. That's how it came about with the sugar brown pastries. Um, and then I got often asked, can you cater? Do you do food? Can mm. you cater my event? Can you do food and desserts? <laughs> so I eventually branched out and started the catering side of things. Nice. Okay. okay. So what was your why behind that? It kind of sounds like the... Or- the branching over into catering was because people wanted more of that, but like, what was your why behind starting your, um, the desserts portion? Um, I found a passion of baking. It was a stress reliever for me. So there would be days where I'd have wild days and I would come home and like, I need to do something to decompress. And I didn't want to drown myself in wine. Um, so I started baking and I would just <laughs> a experiment good substitute. With- <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, and that's kind of like how it came about. And back in 2014, I started baking um, about paperwork and it kind of like just took off family and friends. Like, can you do this for me? Can you do this for me? Mm-hmm. And it just took off from there. Nice. So it sounds like it's a very passion motivated um, art that you're doing for people, which is cool. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of moves into the, how do you do it? Um, one of the questions I have was how did you start learning about the food industry and the health requirements and all of that when you started going, um, getting, getting into it? Um, initially I was winging it. I started with watching the food network and chopped and all those things that kind of like would spark different things, um, for me to kind of like say, Hey, I want to try this. And then opportunity started presenting itself. And um, in 2014, like I said, I, I uh, filed my DBA um, just doing business as, and as time progressed and I started reaching out to venues and they were like, well, you need this, you need this, you need this. And so it navigated me to go to the um, LA Department of Health to get my permit. Um, However, it spins off in a different aspect if you are working out of a commercial kitchen, which I am. So all of those permits that I would have to get as a sole proprietorship, I don't have to do that based on the fact that I work at a commercial kitchen or out of a commercial kitchen and all of that is provided. Hmm. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. Hmm. So when you originally were looking for one, how did you, what was the first commercial kitchen you went with? And then did you transition to a different one later or anything like that? What are some of the things you learned in that process? So for me, price was a big factor. I knew Mm -hmm. that I wasn't doing events every day or catering every day. So I needed someone where that I could kind of like share hours. And when I say share hours, meaning I could book a certain amount of hours for a certain amount of price. 
I wouldn't have to pay an ongoing monthly type mm-hmm. of fee. Mm-hmm. Um, they were kind of pricey, you know, some were like, we want a thousand dollar deposit and then your ongoing could be anywhere from 500 to $800. And I was like, that's a bit steep just to do an event maybe once a month or <laughs> yeah. catering something mm-hmm. here and there, you know? So I was like, I need something more cost efficient. And I just continued to hit the pavement and do re- more research and talk to people. And I ended up finding one out in, um, Manhattan Beach and they were affordable. They broke theirs down in hours. I had the option to do a monthly service if I wanted to. Um, but I was explain to them like that's not what I'm looking for. I'm just getting started. I'd really just kind of like to use it on the day that I have events to prepare and store things. Hmm. And um it worked out to be a match made in heaven and that's who I ended up going with and they're um called the the tea cake tea the kitchen Hmm. terminal Hmm. interesting did they did they custom do that for you or do they offer that for other people too no they offer it for other people you have the option to do um like let's just say you guys were coming down and you had your own catering company you're like well you know I don't want to lug all of my supplies I need a kitchen to store this stuff until the day of the event you reach out to them and they would tell you hey of course you have to meet the same requirements like you have to have your safe serve handlers permit they need to know because you're working under their permit so if someone wants mm. to get sick offer your product it's still they're still liable to some degree because you prepared in their kitchen mm-hmm. interesting okay um so tell us a little bit about your first big order and what did you do to kind of scale your production when you're preparing for that so my first big order was actually the la art show um I reached out to a friend and said, hey, I overheard you saying your um, boyfriend had a restaurant. I was trying to branch out and pick up clientele. And she started asking me all these questions. Did I have a press kit? Um, did I have a logo? Was I branded? And I was just like, wow, I have no clue what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, I don't have it, but I can get it. Um, just tell me what's my deadline. How much time do I have to work with? And she's like, I'm going to give you someone else to reach out to. And um, she's going to give you more information. But if you can get that press kit over to me, that would be great. And I said, okay. So, like, of course, I got on the phone with some family and friends. I'm like, what is a press kit? <laughs> <laughs> what does that entail? Can you do that for me? And they were like, it's basically like your business bio mm. that people, you know, when they're talking about you, this is what they present. And I said, oh, that's easy enough. Why didn't you just say that? (laughs) (laughs) Right. All the different new lingo. (laughs) So um, later on that evening, I got my logo and I reached out to the young lady and um, I told her who I was. I was just starting out and I was interested in participating in the event. And she said, okay, well, um, what I'll need from you is um, your temporary health permit. And I said, I work out of a test kitchen. She's like, oh, okay, then I don't need that from you. I'll just get it when I file for everybody else. I said, okay. She said, but we're going to need you to prepare for 1,500 to 2,000 people. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a small batch. <laughs> mm. <laughs> my mouth immediately dropped. And I was like, mm. oh, my God. How much had you been preparing for at that point? 
at that time, my biggest was probably a hundred to two hundred people. Wow. <laughs> it goes yeah. almost 10 times you know <laughs> right but the difference in a catering event versus a charity event because the LAR shows a charity is put on by St. Jude's Hospital and you just provide samples mm. oh, so whereas okay. I will prepare a large batch of something to accommodate a group of people to feed them in this particular instance it's just samples mm. so it's a lot but it goes a little further depending on the recipe you choose to make. And at that time I did my signature dish, which was, a, or which is rather a pineapple cloud. Ooh. And it just goes in um, little shooter glasses, dessert glasses. I was all over the place, of course, that year. I was nervous. I was a ball of nerves, but I got through it. Um, I ended up preparing. I met the mark and I met the 1500 deadline. Mm. I didn't think I was, but I did. <laughs> How much time did you have to prepare? Um, well, at that time, I wasn't working full time. So I did about 48, 72 hours. Um, I did two days in the test kitchen, um, eight hours total, four, eight, four hours a day. Mm. And um, I did a lot of my prepping what I could prep at home. So when I did get to the test kitchen, all I had to do was assemble. Nice. Okay. That's really good for people to know as they kind of think about if they wanted to start up something like this, like what that process was like for you. So that's cool. Yes. Yeah. So what would you say um, getting someone to try your food is like, is it the make or break decision for a customer or how do they contact you and find out about your food? A lot of it is word of mouth. Um, nowadays, everything is social media, which I'm a horrible at, but <laughs> a lot of it is word of mouth. Um, it kind of just spreads like wildfire. And I get a lot of clientele from the LA Art Show and mainly events um, outside of, you know, friends and family. Or someone saying, oh, so-and-so recommended me or recommended you for to do this. Um, I wouldn't say it was make or break, but a lot of it is on word of mouth and referrals. So you had mentioned to me earlier that um, you're a huge people person and you love talking to people. And what what role does education and relationship play in helping you find new customers? I think having the ability to come across as I'm one of you per se. Um, and when I say one of you, meaning whether we're talking about business, are you placing an order? We can hold a conversation. Uh, mm. I'm often in conversation with individuals and they'll speak of having an event or having a party and they're looking for someone to do the food. And I'll say, oh, well, I'm in the catering business. And they're like, you've been catering all this time. You have your own business and you never said anything. I'm <laughs> 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 like, oh, Yeah. Um, (laughs) you know, I'm not one to necessarily impose, but because it is such a growing field, um, and like everybody eats, you know, so Mm -hmm. everybody is always looking to try something different, even if it's just for that one time, I'm often told, you know, what do you do to make yourself different? What, what is it about your desserts that make you different? Well, I can make cupcakes, but you have Susie over here that makes cupcakes, cupcakes as well. But my cupcakes are made different based off the ingredients I use. I use a regular cake mix, but 
it's not a box cake, you know, if that makes sense. So the ingredients are different, but I'm different based off the fact of what I'm presenting is not the same across the board. And I think when you can talk to people, it goes a long way. Like I said, it's one of those things where people are like, I didn't know you, you, um, you had your own catering business. I would have had you been doing my office parties. And it's like, yeah, well, next time. (laughs) (laughs) Casually give them a business card. (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. And Mm. it's just, it's worked for me. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not good at marketing. And that's what everybody's like. You need to market yourself more. You need to market yourself more. But I'm always just, oh, by the way, yeah, I do have a catering company if you ever need anything. (laughs) (laughs) Uh That's still marketing, right? (laughs) Yeah. So after an event, how do you know that it's been successful? Like looking back, you're like, oh, these are the things that I'm like, yep, that was a good turnout or that was good numbers or whatever. Um, that's a hard one to gauge from the catering side. I would say either a referral will come through it or they will come back and have me do another event. Mm -hmm. Um, from that aspect of it for like the charity events, um, I would say like you're giving, so for the LA art show, just to give an example for the LA art show, it's the premiere party. It's um, a big deal and it's for the VIPs, the who's who or whatnot. And it's normally from like six to eight. Um, And they tell you your desserts are for these individuals because, you know, they've paid $500 for these tickets or 250. And so we're here to cater to them. Well, a sure sign that it was successful outside of someone coming back and saying, oh, this was really good. My table is normally dry within an hour. My mm. desserts are all gone. <laughs> wow. Okay. So you're like, yep, everyone liked them. <laughs> yeah. If they did it, they put on a good sh- <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Hmm. That's good to know. Yeah, but you're in California, so there's no Minnesota nice where you leave one. <laughs> Everybody doesn't want to take the last one, but just leave it and look at it. <laughs> you know, I have people sometimes like the art show that we just did. They tell you, you know, let your table run dry. And that's because the inevitable is somebody will taste it. They'll like it and they'll come back and then they're saying, oh, this is for my friend. Oh, this is for my sister over here. And this is for Joe. <laughs> Mm -hmm. of course you don't want to tell anyone no again Mm -hmm. these individuals have paid this large amount for these tickets but you're thinking like you already have one (laughs) (laughs) I see you (laughs) yeah and you leave it on the table like you let the table go dry like oh we have to reload the table just give us a few minutes like we have some people that will stand there and wait for Mm -hmm. us to actually reload the table (laughs) I'm like you know you can walk around check out the art we'll be here they're like no I'm gonna stand right here I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'd probably do that <laughs> okay so let's talk about um getting into events and festivals because um you seem to have a lot of knowledge on this and and talking with you before you were saying a lot about like how social media impacts your ability to even apply as a vendor and all that, what does that look like? And what was the thing that you learned the first time you started getting into that space? Um, it's a market that 
can be a great market if you can tap into it. Um, but again, it's not the easiest. Um, so my, like I said, my real first large event was the LA Art Show. Um, of course, when you do those events, it's other people there that host large events um, and do wine festivals such as um, I had someone from the California Food and Wine Festival reach out to me to participate in those events. Um, a lot of them, if they're not, um, if they don't require a cost for you to participate, for the most part, you just have to supply your own permits, um, your serving, handling, um, safe serve handling permits and your health permits and things of that nature. But if it's something where you're paying to be a part of a festival, they really only require you to have your insurance. Mm -hmm. um, again, though, all events aren't necessarily good events. Um, the foodie con mm -hmm. that I did, <laughs> I did have to pay to participate in that. It was kind of costly and I didn't even make back the money that I put out because they declared they were going to have a foot traffic of 3,000 to 5,000 people per day. Um, and I don't even think they had 2,000 hmm. in one day. Okay. <laughs> hmm. So when you are looking into events, even though it may be a well-known event, especially when you're selling product, you really have to kind of engage with the um, organizer because you want to know like what did they do to market this what 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 kind of numbers are we looking at what real numbers versus what you anticipate mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I had to learn that in that process um, because again that was my first selling event and um, um, yeah I paid like a thousand dollars and I think I made back maybe 400 hmm. okay yeah. And so I have two more things about those kind of festivals and stuff, because you had told me that sometimes they require you to say, here's how many followers I have on social media in your application mm -hmm. to even apply. And I wanted to know a little bit about the numbers on that. What are their expectations? And then um, you had also previously mentioned that some places have percentage fees that they charge off of the items that you sell. So can you tell us a little bit about those two things? So the first one, as far as the social media goes, um, I'm sure the world is familiar with Coachella, <laughs> 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 but they're big on that. They want to know, do you have a following? You know, who's your support group? Um, you know, who are you? Because again, social media is a big deal. Um, my social media following is not the greatest, but again, you go to the LA art show. I have people there. They're like, she's good. Like you're the best in the building. I've had news stations, um, radio hosts who, as much as I say, Hey, follow me, leave me a review on Yelp or Google. Um, at the end of the night, when the night's over the next day, there's nothing there, but to mm -hmm. come back the following year, do I have a rapport with these people? Yes. But is it displayed on the internet? No. Um, it can be quite challenging and depending on the festival or the event, that's a major deal. And I will say, even now I'm learning to kind of like put that out there. Hey, leave me a review, leave me a review, because that following is important. 
not only for events, but just we as people nowadays, before we go to a new restaurant, we read the reviews, you know, you want to know what other people think, even though your taste buds may be different from their taste buds, but it's just the nature of the beast, you know, to let's read the reviews. And so if those reviews aren't there, not to say it, it doesn't have any validity, but it's a thing where it's just like, mm, well, this person only has six reviews, but this person has 60 reviews. Mm-hmm. So it goes a long way. Um, yeah. yeah. And then the, the second part of that question was about the, the fees and stuff and what kind of expenses for the percentage of sales. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in that case, it's you don't necessarily have to pay to participate to be a part of it. They'll say we want 10% of your gross sales. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been in a situation where I paid to to do an event and I recouped my money. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, it kind of goes back to you research, you know, um, reaching out to them beforehand rather than telling you, oh, well, we sold out tickets. They sold tickets, so they've already gotten their money on top of the other vendors that they've included. If those vendors make that sell, then off back, you give them something. But that's because they're not charging you to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I just did the Pride LGBT Pride Festival, and they did it picnic style this year. They didn't charge us to participate because they're like, it's COVID, um, you know, and we want to help, you know, our prior sponsorships that has participated in the past. Hmm. I didn't have to pay, um, let's just say, to participate, but the desserts that I made based off the foot traffic and the ticket sales that they had, I still ended up leaving with more product than I desired. Mm. So it's kind of like a toss up, you know, it's like you win some, you lose some. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but they didn't ask for the 10%. Um, it was just kind of like, hey, we're going to do this for you guys. This, this go around, and which was nice. Mm. Yeah, that's cool that they did that. Um, so if you are someone who's just starting out, what would be the necessary tools that you would say absolutely as a baker or as a caterer, you should have these specific tools? Um, I would definitely, if you have the knowledge to get the social media background, the marketing outside of your, um, your, your legal paperwork. So for me, the DBA has worked. Um, I was just having a conversation with someone about getting an LLC from a restaurant perspective. I would really say the main things is if you want to sell Get your seller's permit, get your DBA in this order, your DBA, your seller's permit. Um, from there, get your safe serve handling permit. If you can make product that doesn't entail or require certain ingredients, which is dairy, you can get a cottage license and you can work from home. Mm-hmm. Um, and insurance. Um, make sure you're bonded with insurance. Just... Mm-hmm just to cover yourself and it's not attached to your personal assets. I've been fortunate enough that I haven't had anything like that, but you just want to cover yourself, cover all bases. Um, and then you can kind of figure out everything else along the way or get a mentorship to kind of like fall under someone's wing and hmm. 
say, okay, kind of help groom me from this aspect. Um, working in the text kitchen, you have seasoned chefs in there that, you know, they could be preparing for, you don't know, someone on a larger scale and they see your drive and your tenacity and they, you know, they'll take you under their wing. And so I was fortunate enough to engage with different conversations with those in the commercial kitchen. Yeah. And um, it, it's helpful, you know, it, it goes from winging it to actually knowing like, okay, I need to go this direction or mm-hmm. um, I can pick their brain to say, hey, um, yeah, you know, I have this event, you know, um, what do you think? And I'm always told when you're doing stuff for a large scale, do something easy, something that's not going to require a lot of your time. That's not going to require you to be stressful. There's been many times where I've done events and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do cupcakes. By the time I get there with the cupcakes, they're destroyed and I'm devastated. It's like, Mm. oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So tell us how um, people can find you. I am on Instagram under Sugar Brown Pastries, um, Facebook and twitter all under the same name okay sugar brown pastries well thank you for being with us today we're gonna we're gonna transition now into our gawk portion because um (laughs) i'm excited about this story (laughs) you you kind of introed it a little bit to us earlier and you were and then you mentioned it a little bit in the in the interview where you were talking about uh, like your foodie con which so (laughs) we're gonna hear a little bit of a about a sassy relative. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, that's my guy. So I was doing the, <laughs> the foodie con. And of course you have people when you're selling stuff, they, they want to know your input. And um, at this particular time I had on the table, I want to say strawberry shortcake, pound cake, a dish that I call a pineapple cloud, which is my signature and banana pudding. And none of which my nephew eats he's not a big dessert guy at all (laughs) um but of course I gave him the list like okay this is what TT has this is what we're selling so if somebody comes and actually you want to be able to tell them and the gentleman was talking to him as such because he's looking at him and at this time I think my nephew was probably like five or six (laughs) and um (laughs) he's engaging in the conversation and the gentleman goes, which one would you buy? Do you like this one, this one, this one? And my nephew paused and looked at him and said, are you going to buy something or not? <laughs> I was like, oh, no. Well, he didn't try to lie. He didn't try to, like, make up something. Like He's just like, here's the thing. <laughs> I've never eaten these. <laughs> I don't plan to. I embedded in him before we left. I was like, look, you cannot say you've never had this. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you do, don't go and say, no, I don't eat that. (laughs) So the next best thing in his mind was, are you going to buy something or not? Well, the guy was backing him into a corner. He was like, (laughs) what am I supposed to say? (laughs) (laughs) The gentleman was really nice. He was just like, oh, he's straight to the point. I was like, yeah, forgive me. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Did he buy something? He did actually he ended up buying four dessert jars and I was forever grateful because I was like oh my god this could go either way but (laughs) (laughs) sometimes it's good to have a pretty bold salesperson right (laughs) I guess I need to carry him in my back (laughs) pocket yeah just whip out that just straightforward and then there you go everybody's I think I think the cute is probably is a little bit easier to yeah. it cushions the <laughs> yeah. directions 
<laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Great. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. We have really enjoyed uh, this interview and just hearing about um, all the different things you had to do to get your business going. It was such a, a great learning experience for us. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. I wish I could get you guys some desserts there. I actually just had a customer who's like, can you ship me something? And I'm like, I'm looking into it now. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get you guys some desserts out there. I love that. Yeah, good plan. We'll hold you to that. <laughs> well, we follow you on Instagram. So every time I see new stuff, I'm like, ooh, that looks good. <laughs> yeah. We'll just start commenting, send it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, well, if you guys like this episode or if you have any questions about um, kind of what we talked about today, then you can reach out to us on Instagram and we will see you again next week.